Welcome to the Business of Design podcast. I'm Cheryl Horn, Director of Operations for Business of Design. A lot has changed at Business of Design since this episode originally aired. For the latest information and rates on events and membership at Business of Design, head to businessofdesign.com. Enjoy the show. Hey everybody, welcome to Business of Design, episode 120. Yes, we are going to be talking to an awesome interior design professional today, Jamie Galapo from South Florida. Jamie's worked in the industry for 14 years and recently transitioned to being on her own, being the boss. And we touched on a number of themes in this interesting episode, one of which is this, if you're the boss and you are not experiencing perks, and I mean perks like extra vacation time, flexible schedule, salary that you can spend and use as you see fit, then perhaps you ought to rethink being the boss. Jamie knew when she transitioned from a big corporate office to working as a designer on her own, she wanted to create a lifestyle that included flexibility and balance. She's got a beautiful daughter. She's got a husband. She's got a life. She wants to be able to practice self-care. All of these things sound honorable, and I wanted those things too when I first started out. However, I never made time for them. I was so busy working and there were so many fires to put out and it was so chaotic. I kept telling myself, as soon as this project is done, then I will do the following things. Once I get done with this project, then I'll go for a massage. Of course, it never happened, right? Jamie's approach is much more methodical, and that may be because she worked for someone else first. So if you are working for someone else and you're thinking at some point you want to go out on your own, I can't recommend enough how important it is to take inventory where you're at. Determine what's working in the office you're currently at and what isn't working. And by the way, for something to be working, it needs to work 95% of the time. I sometimes stumbled on dumb luck and had things work in my office for one project, but then it fell short on another project. That's called satisfaction by luck. At Business of Design, we talk about satisfaction by design. It is deemed how you are going to do the work in a linear fashion, making progress one step at a time. Business of Design has been around since 2004. We have been perfecting our systems and strategies since 2004 and not perfecting them on paper. I just can't emphasize this enough. I've been perfecting them in the field with real clients, real budgets, real timelines, real experience as an interior design professional. So trust me when I tell you I have nothing but the greatest respect for what you do and we're all here to learn how to do it better. Jamie's a great advocate for the industry. Jamie was kind enough to send us her five strategies for growth since she went out on her own. And I'm going to tell you what they are now because we never call them out by name during the episode. We do talk about each of these points. I do think sometimes it's helpful for you to know what the episode's going to be about so you can really tune into those parts that are critical for you. So the first one of Jamie's points is pay your dues. Start at the bottom, work your way up, learn the ropes. I think that's fair to say. I also think it's fair to say that in our industry, too many stay stuck at the bottom for too long, waiting for a perfect moment to move up to the next level. No perfect moment, 
No one's coming to rescue you. I am your fairy godmother. It is time for you to move up a level, right? The second item on Jamie's list, stay curious. Jamie says her favorite two words are show me, and she uses this with various vendors and suppliers to gain new insights and information, which of course make her sound like an expert with her clients and give her comfort on job sites. Number three is know your ABCs, always be connecting. That has to do with networking, and we talked about that last week, but Jamie sounds like this comes naturally to her now that she's perfected this idea of staying curious and just asking people to share what they do. Number four, your network is your net worth. Interesting that Jamie would say that. At one point in the episode, Jamie mentions the fact that she's not a Fortune 500 company. I didn't say it at the time, but the truth of the matter is, we're not individually Fortune 500 companies. However, when you take into account our networks, those suppliers and trades we use on a regular basis, I bet we are a Fortune 500 company, each and every one of us, because when you have those big brands behind you that are worth millions of dollars, right? They're part of your A-team. That becomes part of who you are in business for sure. So your network is your net worth. And lastly, outsource when needed. And particularly, outsource those things you don't like to do. Don't punish yourself with bookkeeping if that's not your thing. Find a bookkeeper. They'll do it for less money than you and you can bill that out to clients. It's fair to do so and make a profit on that person who's working for you. I want to go back to this idea that we're not Fortune 500 companies, and I want to remind everyone and myself that we're part of a billion-dollar industry. So individually, no, we're not. But as a collective, we are a force to be reckoned with. And so often, and you'll hear Jamie talk about it in the episode, we say things like, I just have a little decorating firm. Jamie referred to her firm as a small Firm. And I'm going to suggest lovingly for each and every one of us to remove the word small from the vocabulary. Let's replace it with I'm an exclusive firm or a boutique firm. One of the concepts Jamie mentioned, and I didn't comment on it at the time, I wish I had, was this idea that she only wants to take a couple of clients at a time so she can give them her full attention. I love that. Put another way, you could say, I have a strict onboarding process so I can give individual attention to each and every client. And that can explain why you can't start a new design project today or even tomorrow. But it's worth it to the client to wait six weeks because when it's her turn, you will give her your full attention. And that reminds me of this. We have a course called Step 1, Consultation and Sell-Through. The second video in that course is called Consultation Benefits. It's an opportunity for you to outline and highlight all the benefits you bring, all the value you bring to a consultation. That will get you a long way toward defining your value in general. In 2020, Business of Design will launch a new course defining your value, and we will help you step-by-step figure out the language, the semantics to use so you understand really how powerful and important you are. Let me tell you about Jamie. Jamie runs Galapo Group Design LLC in South Florida. She is an exclusive boutique firm with a strict onboarding process, so she gives each client individual attention. 
I just changed your bio a little bit, Jamie, but that's cool, right? Jamie has over 14 years experience and she is an expert also in kitchens and baths. Jamie has a bachelor's degree from the University of Florida and she spent an entire semester, lucky Jamie, studying interior design in Florence, Italy. I've so often thought I want a gap year, you know, that little year people take between high school and university to find themselves. Wouldn't that be fun to schedule a gap year? If you're the boss, you know, you could schedule a gap year. I may schedule a gap year. We shall see. On Facebook and Instagram, Jamie can be found at Galapo Group Design. You'll find that information in the show notes at businessofdesign.com and bullet points on key takeaways from every episode. Let's check in with Cheryl Horn and we'll get right to the episode. Thanks again for being here. Cheryl, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? You know what? I'm really good. I uh, we're, we're thick in the middle of so many projects right now and I know it's summer, but I am sort of Thinking about the fall and being at the elite retreat and a glass of wine and some good conversation with designers sounds pretty good to me today. I'm I'm working too hard this week. I know. I'm looking forward to it already as well. Um, we only have a couple spots left for the retreat, but I've been going back and forth with a couple people, so I'm not sure how long those um, spots will be available, but sort of you know, memories from last year. It's just been great. I'm looking forward to it again already. Yeah, I know. I know. October 24th to 27th, uh, you will have your breakfast and your lunches taken care of. Uh, one of your dinners will be taking you out for a lovely dinner in the evening. We will take you on some home tours. And most importantly, although those promise to be mind-blowing, most importantly, we're going to make sure that you work really hard and you leave the retreat ready to put some real muscle behind your business practices. So looking forward to that. And we did get an email this morning. I don't know if you saw it, Cheryl, from somebody who's brand new to the industry, and she's kind of thinking of taking one of the last spots. But uh, she's concerned that everybody there is going to be so far ahead of her. And of course, we responded that we would love to have you. Definitely, there are going to be some people there who are already running really mature businesses. But we do have a second track for those who have more basic information and we will make sure we can answer those questions for her. But what an amazing opportunity. I imagine if in 1991 I would be able to have gone to something like this and surrounded myself with people who already had systems and procedures, I just can't even imagine what I might have accomplished in my career so quickly. So uh, anyway, hopefully she'll take the plunge and sign up. Well, it really is a a fast track to implement the systems um, and get you know, motivated and uh, be held accountable. I know so many of the attendees from last year, they they stay in touch and we do follow up after as well. So you really uh, get working on your business and, you know, even once you leave the retreat. So we also have the conference coming up, which is another fast track to implementing the business of design systems. And that's coming up January 25th and 26th. And that is priced to make it so easy for you to say yes. It's still a business write-off, so you can think of it as half price, but it's $11.95 if you sign up in advance, and it will be intensive learning. It's not going to be one of those conferences you go to and say, yeah, well, it was great to see other designers, but I'm not sure if I learned anything. Nobody is leaving with that on their lips. Our goal is to make sure you leave and say, that was the best conference I have ever 
ever been to. So join us in Las Vegas for sure. And I do want to mention as well, lots of busy projects going on. And for one of my projects, I ordered a piece of furniture through Build Lane. And you all know now that they are sponsoring the podcast. Build Lane has been really easy to work with. When I placed my quote request, it went through really quickly. And this past week, we're already at the working drawings stage. I'm the one that has delayed things because I haven't had a chance to look at them. But I did look at them, made a couple of tweaks, signed off on them. And now I'm in production. So I'll keep you posted. And don't forget, Cheryl, there's a contest. There is. So if you haven't already done so, make sure you head over to buildlane.com and register for a free designer account and use the promo code BOD2019. So all of our members who are signing up, there's no purchase necessary. Just create a free account. You're going to be entered to win a custom piece of furniture valued at $2,500. So they've uh, really stepped up their game and they're um, supporting the business of design community. So again, promo code BOD2019. And the contest is running through October. August. And the contest, by the way, is open to residents of the United States and Canada. So thank you, Build Lane. And there is one more announcement. I can't believe we almost forgot it, but Business of Design is turning 15. We I are going to be having some up. parties. Yeah. 15 years already. I can't believe it. We are celebrating in September with the DC chapter of Business of Design, their live meeting. We are celebrating in October, which is our actual birthday at High Point. Yes, and we will be uh, celebrating with our members online all through the month of October. So we've got a lot of uh, surprises coming up then as well. We do. We're going to spoil you guys. So looking forward to that. And uh, I don't know, Cheryl, for sure, we don't look any older than 15 years ago <laughs> when we launched. No, and I, I really, I can't believe it's been 15. It's, and I've been around for most of it. Yeah. I've been around for most of those years. Yeah. You have. You have. Can't live without you. Thank you so much for being here. Talk to you soon. Okay. Welcome to the Business of Design podcast with Kimberly Selden. Business of Design is the coaching community for independent designers like you. We know it takes more than hard work and talent to successfully run a professional design firm. There are proven business strategies that can solve your immediate challenges and transform your life. Don't try to do this alone. Join today and you'll have access to more than 100 video courses, participate in monthly coaching calls, and find unlimited support within our exclusive members-only Facebook group. Unlike traditional coaching, BOD is a fast track to immediate results. For independent interior designers, decorators, architects, stagers, and landscapers just like you. Monthly membership is only $79. Annual members save two months and have access to Kimberly's contracts. What are you waiting for? We all know design matters. At Business of Design, we think designers matter too. Hey, Jamie, it's great to see you again. Thank you. Great to see you too. We met at High Point in, was it April? April. Yes, the beginning of April. And uh, you came up to me right before I spoke on stage, and we just had this moment where we knew we were kindred spirits. Yes. I call you my guru. Oh, dear. My BOD guru. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm always so happy to meet people who are on the same path as I am and working so hard really to improve their systems and strategies and make it work better every day. Absolutely. 
You really impressed me because it, a lot has changed for you in a pretty short period of time. Tell everybody, uh, you know, what your background is, what you were doing, what happened and what you're doing now. That's a lot of asks. <laughs> Yes, um, I am a kitchen best designer for the last 14 years. And for a majority of my career, I was working for full service design companies. And about five years ago, I decided to take matters into my own hands and um, start my own business. So five years ago, that's about how old your daughter is. Yes. Did that yes. have something and to do with the decision? Like, were, were you thinking like, I've got to do more for her or... Actually, I always had the dream of owning my own business, uh, but I had no intention on owning my own business after I had her. So I didn't really know when that was going to fit in. And then it just fell on my lap, literally. How, okay. How did it fall in your lap? My husband, who's a realtor, had a client that said, hey, do you know of any designers? And he said, well, my wife is a designer. She's on maternity leave right now but she might be able to help me help you. And, um, and that's, that's exactly what I did. I just decided to <laughs> roll with it and just say, yeah, I, I'll help you. I'll do it. So many people listening right now are going, Oh my gosh, me too. Like I'm struck by how frequently we get into business for ourselves without a lot of forethought about what it's going to be like. It's more just like, you know, hold your nose and dive. And that's exactly what it was for me. That's exactly what it was. And um, so was it easy? Things went well? It was a smooth transition? <laughs> um, it, I mean, actually, it was, I would say, one of my best projects. Um, it, it was everything that I always was doing. And I was very transparent with them. Listen, I have a baby. She'll be on my hip. Um, but luckily they were snowbirds. So they actually weren't there. So that was easy. Um, the difficult part was hiring GCs and hiring, you know, building my team. I had to figure it out then at that moment. Was there a moment during that first project where you thought I'm in over my head? This is, I mean, it's a pretty ideal situation if the clients aren't there. Like that's kind of a dream because all the things yes. that happen on site, they're not living with them. Yes. But was there a moment um, where you thought, oh my gosh, what have I done? Absolutely. Uh, and, and I was actually very transparent with them. Um, I originally told them I'll be able to run the project by myself because I was very comfortable doing that at that point. Um, and then the project actually expanded. They wanted to do more of everything. And then I told them, listen, I don't think I can handle it by myself. We better hire a general contractor to pull permits and do everything. Um, I, I think I need to split the workload in that way. And they were on board with that. They're, they said, thank you for being so honest with us. We really appreciate it. And we're, we're happy to do that. So I found the contractor and, you know, presented everything to them and they were very happy with that. Following that job, did you have the next job and the next job? Did it just kind of grow organically from there? Yes, it did. It did. Then I got another job um, and they happened to be personal friends of ours and totally understood that, you know, I came with, I'm going to have a baby on my hip. Are you okay with that? And... They were, they were, and, 
and that's how it happened. And then when she went to school is when I said, okay, now I'm becoming Galapo Group Design and having proper business cards and making myself official. So what's happened since then? Uh, what's your daughter's name, first of all? Her name is Leia. So Leia's off to school because this was kind yeah. of my story too. I had both children yeah. in full-time school and I'm like, okay, now I, I have to get serious. What happened? Well, I actually hired um, a life coach and I asked her, how do you start a business? And she told me what to do. <laughs> she told me how to become official uh, because I really did not know the business end of it. I knew how to design. I just didn't know where to start. What things did she tell you to do? Like, are, are you talking about you need a business card, you need a website, you need to register your company? Yes, all of that stuff. I really had no idea how to do it. So you hired a life coach who helped you um, get the business started, which is great. She must have dug in a little bit mm -hmm. to your intentions, where you saw yourself, and how you were going to create a thriving business. Yes. Yeah, so um, something very important that stuck with me was she said, create the life you want. And th that life for me was, you know not to be running around trying to build this business into, you know, uh, fortune, what is it? Fortune 500, fortune 500 company. Called? Yeah. Fortune 500 business. Um, I, it was important for me to be a mom and also have that have and make some money as well. So, um, she told me create the life that you want. And that for me was being able to drop my daughter off to school, pick her up, and also work within those hours. Um, and, you know, having my home office, which when you and I first met, I called it my little office my, with my little business, but I realized it's really not a little business. It's a big business. Oh, I re um, okay. I remember that now. My home office. I remember that now. I hear that a lot. Yeah. Like I have, you know, I just yeah. have this little decorating business. I have this little, and I always remind people we're a multi-billion dollar industry and you run a corporation within that multi-billion dollar industry. And it's only little if you say it's little. If little is desirable, Correct. then great. Um, but instead Correct. of little, you know, I think boutique or exclusive could be words that we could all start using. Absolutely. And I would say it is uh, exclusive and boutique because um, I take on just, you know, let's say a few clients at a time and do what I can handle so that I could give uh, full attention to each individual client. I wish I had thought of that when I was younger. Yeah. Um, I went straight into <laughs> managing as many clients as I could get my hands on, um, which which had its pluses and its minuses, right? The plus is I got to experiment with trying things in a variety of ways because I had a lot of clients. Um, I could I could try a system or try a procedure, and if it worked, great. And if it didn't, I could try something else on the next one. That sounds horrible. I hope, I hope none of my clients from the early 90s are listening. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but I think it's really wise to focus on the number of clients that you think that you can handle efficiently and effectively and really service them and make them happy. Absolutely, and that is part of my selling point um, at that first consultation. 
I always tell my clients, you know, or my potential clients at the time, you know, it's me, you have my full attention and, um, you know, I do not take on more than I actually can handle. Um, that's very, very important to me. It's very important for me to have that work life balance, um, which is a struggle. And I, I learn every day a little bit more. Um, but it is my number one priority to have that balance. Good for you. All right. You sent us five actionable, uh, bullet points that you wanted to share with everybody, which kind of highlight your experience and what your intention is around your business. And I think a lot of people will relate to them. The first one has to do with paying your dues. Tell us about that. Yes. So, um, you know, what I feel really strongly about is, um, the transition from a large company to owning your own company before you own your own company, you really need to have some, um, you need to have a lot of knowledge. So paying your dues, starting from the bottom and working your way up. And for me, what this was, was working for someone else for the bulk of my career. Um, so I started out, you know, as design assistant and worked my way up. But during those years of being a design assistant, um, I learned from someone else that was so experienced and I learned from their mistakes. So I knew, you know, having all of those tools in my tool belt, you know, I, I further then can own my own business and have that experience, you know, under my belt. I really agree with you. If you can work for someone else, it can be a fast track to really understanding how to run a business. However, let's be honest, you know, I'm going to be generous here and say 85% of firms do not work efficiently and effectively. And it's very likely you're going to land yourself in a firm where you're going to learn what you said, Jamie, don't do what they did because it's a mistake, but you might not learn how to do it correctly. So if it's an environment where you have a lot of options on the table when you're thinking about who to work for, ask strategic questions before you accept a job. Ask about how many repeat and referral customers the firm has. Ask about profitability. Ask if they're open to profit sharing. Um, the answer to that question, are you open to profit sharing, will give you a lot of information because the firm that has no profits can't be open to profit sharing. sharing. And you don't want to work for a firm that's not profitable, do you? Uh, no, not at all. So that's an interesting tip then too. Like if you're thinking about going to work for a firm, you may want to consider working for a large corporate firm where there are a lot of customers and probably systems and procedures in place just by nature of the beast rather than going, right? Rather than going to work for someone who's a solopreneur, who's exhausted and worn out. um. Absolutely. (laughs) And let me tell you, some of those systems and procedures that I've learned from those corporate companies, I use until this day. Ooh, give us an example of a procedure that you just love. Um, Something simple enough as a project binder. Isn't that so simple? But I learned that. I mean, at my first job, um, you know, how to properly put a binder together and how to work off that binder and, you know, what type of information goes in there. 
Okay. We do, a, uh, we, we have, I guess we do have a project binder, but it's virtual. It's in a cloud. It's not a physical binder anymore. But yeah, of course, everybody has to be able to access all the key documents, right? Exactly, exactly. But let me tell you, the company I worked for after that, they just had a simple like manila folder and that didn't work for me. So I started a whole new set of systems and procedures in that office and I showed them my binder and this is how it gets done. (laughs) Excellent. I love that you also talked um, when we met about being curious and you said your two favorite words are show me. Oh my goodness. This is the biggest one. I feel like I, I still use this. Um, so, you know, and this, this relates back to, question, to to paying your dues, right? You're working for a large company and they offer these amazing product knowledge classes where reps, you know, want to work with these large companies. So they come in and they offer lunch and learns. Show me, pay attention at those lunch and learns, you know, uh, learn anything, you know, related to the design field, the plumbing, the lighting, the cabinetry, the fabric, um, pay attention in those classes. Don't just come for the lunch, actually sit and make sure you dive in head first. Um, a little story that I'd love to share with you, um, in that corporate company I was working for, um, they would say, you know, the des- I was an assistant at the time and the designer would say, okay, run down to Raul and have him put the plumbing package together. And all I had to simply do was just run down, give him the binder and the paperwork and have him put the package together. What I did was I sat with him and I said, what is that that you're doing? What's a thermostatic valve? What's a pressure balance valve? What goes with what? He actually taught me how to put a bathroom together, how to put a kitchen together, um, you know, in, in, you know, in terms of plumbing. And I've taken that, you know, with me until this day. And I always thank him for that. And um, that was simply because I just said, show me, teach me, tell me what you're doing. And I feel like that's, that can go with anything. I love that example because it's an area that I find my eyes gloss over when they start talking pressure valves and temperature valves (laughs) and stuff. But you do need to know enough that if the client asks a question, you you have some idea of what they're talking about, right? Absolutely. I mean, I feel like when I bring a client into a plumbing showroom now, I don't even need a salesperson. I could show them what they need to purchase and why because I have that knowledge and because I paid attention. As you're asking those questions too of trades, suppliers, coworkers, et cetera, that's a way also of forming a relationship and letting them know that you're curious about what they do. They feel heard and valued and respected, and that all pays dividends down the road, doesn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, always be connecting with those people, with those local reps that are coming to your office. With the trades people, the designers, um, get to know them, build relationships with them, be charismatic and start conversation with them. Um, that way they will always remember you. They will always remember you as, oh, that nice designer that took the time to get to know me. I would love to refer you to a job, you know, and that's how I was able to really build my relationships throughout my business. And Um, until today I see those reps around and what do you know, they provide me with samples that are really hard to get your hands on 
and books and, you know, I could always call them if I need a favor, you know, hey, I'm stuck in a bind and they'll help me because we have established that really nice working relationship. I couldn't agree more. And I sometimes meet designers who are still tendering every project out to several different companies and therefore disappointing good companies, good working trades on a regular basis by not awarding them the job. Um, And in fact, if you limit the number of suppliers, limit the number of trades you use, but use them a lot, you're going to be able to strengthen those relationships as well. Oh, 100%. And I think one of the primary reasons clients will hire me is because they know I come with this group of trades who is tested for years, you know, tried and true. Um, and I think there's extreme value in being able to connect to connect clients with those invaluable tradespeople. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, another big thing that I've learned with owning my own business is that when you, you say tried and true, but you have to start from somewhere, right? How, how do you know um, who's a good tradesperson? Um, so I think that all starts with referral. Um, you know, and when you're, first of all, referral, but when you are meeting someone for the first time, meet them on their job site. You know, get to know them, see how they run their job site. Um, you know, see, do, are they keeping it clean? Is it, you know, yeah. well run? Who are they hiring? Uh, your general contractor, are they, are they hiring licensed and insured plumbers and electricians? Ask those questions and don't be afraid to, to ask those questions and get those answers because you're only as good as your team. That is such a good point. I meet so many designers recently who say that they interview the contractor, the trades, people that they haven't worked with in a phone meeting, or maybe they go for coffee, way better to go and find them on a job site. And you can position it in uh, by saying that I don't want this to be disruptive to you. So I'll just come to you. Where are you working tomorrow? Great. You show up at a time perhaps unannounced and check out what is going on what's the mood you know sometimes you can walk onto a job site and you can tell that it has just been a horrible experience for everyone involved find out why Uh, or conversely it's a happy experience the trades are completely jiving together and happy in their work listen I, i completely agree and um that's how i I don't even want to call it an interview, but that's how I keep my eyes open as to who I'm surrounding myself with. I love that tip so much. So when you, at the beginning of the episode, we talked about the fact that you were wearing all these different hats, CFO, CEO, marketing, branding, et cetera, et cetera. Have you figured out a way to outsource for any of those tasks you just don't want to do? Absolutely. So what I've learned from you <laughs> is to outsource the, um, the things that you actually loathe. Um, and for me, that's, you know, hiring freelance um, assistants, like a, a bookkeeper. I hate the bookkeeping end of, the, of this job. Um, or someone to help me with my rendering. I'll do the basic rendering and then hire someone to make it look really pretty. Um, or an assistant to run out and get samples for me or, um, you know, drop some samples. It, I really 
feel that if you you really need to use your time and resources and money wisely and put it towards um, those jobs that someone else can do that you don't have to do. So maybe it means, you know, getting a little bit more established, but I think that's very important. The fact of the matter is you can build those people out, every single one of those people, provided they're doing something that's required for the job to move forward. You can build them out. So they do not have to be a strain on your pocketbook from day one. They can be a source of income, but you do need systems and procedures in place in order to get them working within your company in the fastest way. Otherwise, they'll just be staring at you and cleaning the office. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And I have what's called an on-call assistant. And I found a like-minded mom, just like me, um, who doesn't have design skill. And I don't really need them to have a design skill, but I need you to, um, you know, help, help me with things that I just don't want to do or don't have the time to do. And for me, it's worth every penny, and they have the exact same schedule as me. <laughs> so it works out really well. So it's just someone that you met that you will call sometimes and say, hey, can you run over to this place and pick up the following thing, which I need my hands on? Absolutely. Absolutely. Or, hey, can you bring this to a client's house? Or if I need to be in two places at once, that person can help me be in one of those places. Um, you know, to run a quick errand or whatever that might be. I love it. That's so good. So you're feeling good. What are your goals going forward then? I had a really rough last year and, um, that's how I found business of design. And I just really want to get those systems and procedures in place. Um, I see myself working smarter and not harder. Um, I would like to make more money. Um, you know, maybe have a full-time assistant to help me run all the jobs more efficiently. Um, and just, you know, having that balance that I spoke about, just being able to do what I love, which is be a mom and a wife and also run my business and, um, be really great at it. Every single thing you want is so within your reach right? We just have to carve out that time to work on the business. Thank you, Michael Gerber, for teaching me mm -hmm. that. And um, we have to sy systematically create procedures that other people can follow. Because once you have those procedures written down, it's a dream to hire someone. They can come in and pick up your manual and start a task that is actually efficient and effective and helpful. Absolutely. And um, that's probably one thing that I have not done is put it down on paper. I do have my own systems. I use your systems now, which is really helpful. Um, but I need to put it down on paper. It's, it, I remember um, dragging my feet when it came time to create an operations manual. And in fact, we're launching Business of Design's operation manual in the fall of 2019. Um, I have been reluctant to let go of it. It's my baby. And I can feel as I look at it, I remember almost verbatim every single challenge that we had to overcome to create a page in the binder. And the binder changes, the systems change, the strategies change. I fine tune them as I learn more. So it's been really hard for me to imagine that it would be fixed 
and permanent. Um, so we're figuring out how we're going to, on an annual basis, update it and notify people who are going to purchase it. Um, the updates are ready, and please feel free to take them over. So, um, yeah, I understand. And, and I'm glad we found you. I'm glad you found us. And you know every show ends with design intervention. I bet you have something good for us. Oh, I do. Um, my mother gave me the best piece of advice, and that was dress the part, present yourself with how you want to be seen. Um, and in all ways, your everyday appearance, your wardrobe, your hair, your nails, um, and your presentation to clients, it all matter- matters and it must be impeccable, um, especially in our field, in the design field, someone that wants you to make their home beautiful, they want someone put together for that. And I think it's really the best piece of advice that my mom gave me and she told me her mom gave her. I love that. And it's so true. One of the things that really struck me years ago is that my clients always had beautiful, their hair was done and their nails were done. And I would show up at the job site and my nails were chipped and my hair was in a ponytail. And, um, and I literally just couldn't do more than I was doing. Like there just was no way I was going to be able to manage all that. And so one of the benefits of course, of getting your business in order is you're going to have time to go to appointments to get your nails done or your hair done, if that's what you want to do, or have time to do it yourself if that's how you prefer. Good advice for moms. Moms are wise. Absolutely. And I'll never forget the um, my first job. She took me out and we shopped for a suit. And I was just like balking at the price. And she said, Jamie, this is, this is what you have to wear for your interview. And this is how you have to present yourself. And um, the job dress code was jeans and a black top. And I wore that suit a few times a week and I feel that I was viewed very differently and I actually got promoted quite quickly in that job. Interesting. I had to take a staff member out once to take her shopping because she just did not dress appropriately for our clients. And uh, it was it was a challenging kind of conversation. She was shocked that I wanted to take her out. She was so talented and I just felt like her wardrobe was really holding her back. So interesting. I haven't thought about that in years. Good, good advice from mom and good advice from Jamie. Please keep being <laughs> successful and paying it forward. And thank you so much for giving us your time and sharing so generously. I'm so excited. And I am hearing, you know, because I soak you up. I, I, I call it, I soak you up like Sunday gravy, like a piece of bread on a plate. <laughs> I listen to all your podcasts and I finished the complete 15-step um, courses. And now I'm going to work my way to the other courses. But um, I would so love to go on that elite retreat. I'm, you know, I have to think about it a little more. But it's just like, would be amazing Well, we want you to come. Believe me, we do. And it is a business write-off. So you can think of it as a half-price vacation that will give you a full-price kick in the pants in terms of your business and next steps. And I think you would uh, bond really well with the people who are going to be there. So give it some thought. Definitely put that out uh, to the universe as an intention. Okay. (laughs) Thank you for being a part of the Business of Design community. If you love what you hear on the podcast, take the next step by signing up at businessofdesign.com. As our thank you, you'll gain access to Business of Design's 15-step project management strategy. 
a free introductory course which includes three business of design systems you can implement for immediate results. And when you're ready for success, a business of design membership, monthly or annual, will dramatically improve your business and your life. What are you waiting for? Together we will achieve extraordinary results. Start today. Start today.